Uh, let's get to our next guest here on Sport FM, Riley Morgan, star stopper of the WAFL. They've nicknamed him the glove. Riley Morgan, that's how well he's going at the moment. He joins us here on Sports Breakfast. We will chat racing, maybe a little bit of footy as well. Morning to you, Riley. G'day, boys. Hope I find you both well. Hope we find you well as well, Riley. Um, did you tag on the weekend? Would, were you assigned another task against the Bulldogs? Yeah, it was a bit of a, a bit of a chop and change on the weekend. I started off on Archie in the in the first half, and then moved on to Bletchendon after he got a hold of us a little bit in the second half. And but that was good for the, good for the boys to get another good win. I'm sort of on the bounce. We've put three good weeks of footy in a row now, and it would be nice to potentially go one more before we get to the bye. Yellow is that your go-to place? What's that? Yellow is that your go-to place for coffee? Wayne reckons oh, he saw you the other day. I think I'm sure I saw you there. Oh, that might have been yesterday. Yeah, it actually, um, not my go-to, but my sister is the manager there, Wayne. So every ah. now and then I wander in and try and uh, try and snag a, a discounted coffee. Yeah, I thought I saw, saw you there Wednesday. I was busy. I was, I was going to come up, and, but then I thought, is well, it him? It, is, it yeah. could have actually been someone else, which would have <laughs> no, been rather was, embarrassing yeah, I'm for pretty you. Sure. Uh, we, we do know you you are a king of those western suburbs, Riley, but that's a separate conversation. Uh, East Fremantle this week, a little bit of a later start time. Uh, you've got the Sharks tomorrow at 10 past four at the Wacker. Uh, Milan Murdoch, who's on the menu tomorrow? <laughs> I can't give too much oh, away, Dale. I know you're, you're very... I know you're very much invested in that East Fremantle camp, mate. So uh, I need to be careful with what I say to you, particularly. But no, it's uh, they've got a good midfield. Milan Murdoch, Baskerville was running around having sort of 30, 35 possessions every game early in the season and last year as well. So they certainly have a fair bit of quality in there. And uh, I don't think we have to worry about Harry Marsh. I think he might have done a hamstring last yes. week. So uh, that would have been uh, that would have been enjoyable to to bump into ha- old Harry, who was obviously a. Uh, been a great place for Stubby over so many years, but no, there's certainly not a shortage of quality in that East Fremantle midfield. Riley, we were having a discussion earlier um, about Subi itself, in that a lot of people think, oh, well, they always get people from the Eastern States, you know, they've had all this money and all that sort of stuff. And we were, we were trying to point out that, you know, that they've really worked hard with their, their Colts, the, the reserves, and they've built a culture and with their, their thing. So, and a lot of players find it as a, as a go to place. Players that have just been on the fringe of other clubs and go there and they improve. That We see a lot of that happening. How have you found your time making the move um, to, to Subi in the way of your development of football? Yeah, it's a good, great question, Wayne. It's, um, it's one I sort of... It, it took a bit of time, that's for sure. Um, it hasn't been, hasn't been easy going for myself uh, coming across to Subi looking for a bit more opportunity as a midfielder and if you'd told me sort of 12 months ago the role I'm in now would be the role I'd be playing in the league side sort of week after week at this current point in time, I would have said that sounds a bit silly because that's uh, definitely not the sort of player I think I am. But it's funny how the world works. And I was talking to a few mates the other day who were saying they sort of, they're really surprised at how well we're going at the moment because you, you look at our team on paper and it probably doesn't have anywhere near the, I guess, the star quality of some of the, the other waffle teams that we've we've come up against and beaten over the last three weeks. But we're just a team who there's no sort of ego involved. We're all really sort of fixed on playing that team brand of footy. It's a real systems approach that Bo's really driven through the pre-season. And if everyone can get in and play their role for the team, then it's a system that can stack up and can work. And I think we've certainly shown that with our sort of young group over the last sort of three weeks specifically. I think it comes back to standards, Riley, and your football club 
only accept success. And if, if success isn't reached, then questions are asked and generally changes are made. You only have to look at the last two decades and what Subiaco has achieved. I think there are some, some clubs that accept mediocrity and there are others that accept nothing but the best. And Subiaco's in that latter category. Would that be fair to say that, that winning drives culture and success? Yeah, absolutely, and sort of the, just the feel around the group around that as well, JL. Like, I know last year the boys were, we probably didn't have the greatest of pre-seasons. We just sort of rolled into to round one, 2022, thinking that it was probably just going to happen for us. And, you know, we, we got a reality check pretty quickly, but this season was, was by far, far and above the toughest pre-season I've had because the club doesn't stand for sort of what we dished up last year again and, and the feeling around the group at the moment and how much better it is the way we're playing now in comparison to what it was last year is just a, a market improvement. All right, and I would imagine the players wouldn't accept you giving them bad tips. So if we look at the races tomorrow, what are, what are your good tips out there? At a, oh, at Belmont, uh, Belmont, first uh, racing day there. It, it is, Wayne. It's uh, very exciting back at Belmont Park, which is traditionally a place I enjoy punting a little bit more. It's obviously a bigger track than Ascot. There's a, a longer straight, which generally means that more horses that obviously settle maybe midfield are a little bit worse than get their chance a bit better at Belmont than they would on the tight-turning track of Ascot. But no, pretty. I like the betting card tomorrow out there at Belmont Park. It's, uh, it's a good card. We'll kick off in race number four. I'm pretty bullish on the favourite here. I'll make this my best of the day so early on the program in race number four with first encounter for the Cerise and White and he's a progressive horse who's put in a pair of impressive I guess performances to kick off his racing career and for a horse to run the, the best late splits of the entire meeting on debut over 1200 metres an unsuitable distance for him was very impressive and then last start sort of stepped up to the 1400 metres and, and got the job done gunning down some pretty handy maiden opposition and while it while it was a good win, I thought his work over the last 100 metres and then through the post as well was outstanding, So, which bodes well for the rise up to the mile here and think that he's been dictated to by drawing awkward barriers in his two career starts to date. So I think from the gate there, William Pike can position him a lot closer in running and, and being a by Dundee, he's been side by Dundee, the further the better. And if there's any rain around, he'll, he'll eat that up too. I think he's a horse who's still learning and will improve with each venture to the races, but I think the Cerise and White might have found a, another good horse to, to have running around at Belmont through those winter features. So pretty keen on first encounter. Horse number nine is my best in race four. All right. And um, what about a little bit later on in the card, Riley, as we do attack Belmont for the first time in the winter? We go a bit later on in the card. Race number seven on the program here. Now, there's uh, a horse I am keen to be with, unsurprisingly, it's a Terrific book of rides for William Pike. First day back at Belmont. He's actually on seven of the nine favourites in the market currently. So it's every chance that the Wizard has a massive day out there. And I'm happy to be with Probity here as well, who's a horse who does his best work fresh and resumes here with William Pike on board off a, a proper recent trial, I thought, where he looked ready to explode under Alan Kennedy if he'd been asked for any sort of any smidgen of effort there. The Wizard will, will have him cuddled up with cover from that soft draw and, and be picking his way through on straightening. And any rain around for this horse only further heightens his chances. But there's a couple of horses for those that do like a bit of value, I think are well and truly over the odds in the same race as well. The first of those being Miss Vasari. Miss Vasari's a, a nice horse from Michael Lane. She scored nicely in a recent trial and finds a race here for a horse who traditionally races well fresh with some really strong tempo engaged with which very much very much suits her. Last prep, she performed well in, in races that weren't run to suit from some less than ideal draws. And from barrier six, I expect Joey has a party 
have her closer in running here midfield with a with a smother ready to present her on straightening. She has as good a turn of foot as there is in this field. It also came to bid for Neville Parnham down there at around 20 to 1. There's another who trialled up incredibly well on Monday, just gone with the shades on. And while he doesn't wear the blinkers here, the trial price that was just as good without them. And I think if Brad Parnham can land her in a three-deep moving line from that barrier, she's going to run a big race fresh as well. So main bet for me in the race is probity, but keen to have something small on those two as well. Miss Fasari and, and Intervinge have both trialled up very nicely. Race 8 is the Belmont Sprint $200,000 Group 3. Are you uh, working in that one? Yeah, there's, the last two races are cracking races on the program, Wayne. I'm, I'm keen to bet into the Belmont Sprint, actually. There's two horses here that I think post some really good value in the market. The first of those being the winner of the Northern States, the key lead-up for this, Dom shoot, who was just so impressive there. Didn't really get clear galloping room until passing the 200 metres and was still far too good for them. The, the stable Sean and Jake Casey absolutely flying at the moment. And you, you'd think for Dom shoot, he's even better suited here at 1,400 metres and actually gets a kilo and a half on a horse like Comfort Me for beating him home that day. And the Wizard Sticks, you know he'll sit midfield with cover here and with William Pike in his groove, with as good a book of rides throughout the day as you'll see, I think he's going to be very hard to hold out late no matter which way you look at it. And also want to have something on Resort Man as well. I love this horse and he just he's a beast fresh as well. He does his best work when he's run to space and he gets here four weeks between runs since the clock up. Paul Harvey takes the ride here, and I think he'll track right up behind the speed from that inside draw in a race that doesn't look to have a great deal of speed engaged, so I do really like that map for him from the inside, and I thought his run in the Roma Cup was the clear best, aside from the obvious winner there in Amelia's Jewel, and I think this is a great race for him. He's been a, he's been the benchmark at this sort of level over the past 12 months and should love getting back to Belmont Park. All right, and the last, race nine. In the... In the last, keen to be with the favourite in the last. We'll go out with a bang with William Pike on Rockinori. This is a really promising horse for Grant Amana Williams, who perhaps just didn't come up last preparation for whatever reason, but I thought the recent trial was outstanding under William Pike. And her, his first up win two preparations ago in a really high-quality field over the 1,200 metres at Belmont was outstanding. And I think from that barrier... He maps for a very similar run here, and I think that the wizard on board is going to be very popular in the la- in the last with that pike in the last factor. But I think it's justified as well. I'm keen to be with Rockinori to round out the program. All right, Riley. For those who maybe come in late, Riley Morgan with us, our racing expert on a Friday. Just a recap of tomorrow's best at Belmont for you. Best comes up in race number four for me for the Cerise and White first encounter, the first of what could be a very big day, hopefully a big day for William Pike, who has a terrific book of rides. We go to race number seven, keen to do with probity, and happy to have something small on a couple of horses at big prices as well there, and hint of mint for Neville Parnham and Miss Vasari for Michael Lane. Race eight, the Belmont Sprint, the feature of the day. It's a cracking field that has assembled for this. Keen to be with Dom to shoot and Resort Man. They both pose a bit of value there in the market for me. And in the last, keen to go out with a bang with Pike in the last with Rockinori for Grant and Williams. Alrighty, there we go. Uh, that's uh, tomorrow for Riley Morgan at Belmont and hopefully a win not too far away at the Wacker for your uh, Subi Lions. I can't wish you too much luck for the footy tomorrow, but good luck for the tips, Morgs. Thank you. It's a quick deck out there at the Wacker JL. Hopefully uh, win the toss and bat first, mate. But no, thanks for that. And looking forward to both the racing at Belmont Park tomorrow and also x at the Wacker. Win the toss and kick to the scoring end, the Western End, Morgs. That's all I'll say. Riley Morgan joining us here on Sports Breakfast.